Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here for the post-game pod for Game 2 between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Dallas Mavericks. The Bucks went down again, as they did over the weekend, 128 to 112 in this one, and kind of similar to Game 1 in the way that the second half in particular was kind of brutal to watch if you're looking for some defensive uh, prowess from this new Bucks team as they continue to mix in the new players on the roster. So we've got a little bit to break down here. As we said the other day, you're not going to get any wild overreactions from me. Joining me just home from Fiserv Forum, we had this man on the show yesterday and we found out all about broadcasting from an empty Fiserv Forum in this 2021 season that is just going to be very, very strange, certainly to start off, is the host of the Bucks Radio Network, Justin Garcia, who's just reveling in the fact that there's no post-game show in the preseason. So instead of having an early night and going to bed, I say, how about you jump on a podcast and talk with me? Yeah, I was going to say, so that's what you brought me in for, is the uh, <laughs> wild overreactions because season's over, right? You got any? Uh, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> so let me just say no. this. Let me say this right off the top because, uh, listen, I, and I'm not speaking for everyone here. I'm not saying that everyone feels this way. I'm not saying that everyone is the same boat, but no doubt there's some tension on Twitter in the post game of this one. And, and let's be honest, it's because of the way that they lost and we've seen this story before. So I'm not going to pretend that it's ridiculous that people would be frustrated that you give up 22 threes to a Dallas Mavericks team after you gave up 17 a couple of nights ago. And we can get into this as the show rolls on. But I, I do want to just address the fact that I, I feel that the tension and the frustration and the anger still all has to do with Giannis, right? Because the fans are worked up right now because for good reason, they're a little bit stressed out about what the future is, is going to hold with, with everyone's favorite player, the franchise superstar Giannis. And to me, it does feel like that is escalating everything right now because let's be honest, they've practiced four times with each other. They've got half a new roster and they've played two preseason games. It's absolutely not worth losing your mind over right now. Am I wrong? Uh, yeah, I mean, it feels like lashing out where <laughs> yeah. you, you, you get in a fight. Yeah, you get in a fight and then you take it out on the next yeah. person that you talk to where it, it feels like that's what's happening right now. Where I mean, uh, we were kind of talking about it before we started taping too in that I, I get that if you are in the camp that wants to freak out and overreact, I get that you could somewhat point to the bubble and say, look, I was told not to worry about what I saw in the seeding games and look how that happened. There's a number of variables in play where they ran into the worst possible opponent. And that was a little different where you, as as you said, when we were talking, you had eight games to hit the ground running here. You have three games to start the season where it's not jumping into the playoffs and then the stakes are heightened. So you have three preseason games, but then you have essentially 72 games to figure it out after that. And 
let's be honest. If there's one thing that we've learned the last two seasons, it's that wins early in the regular season or in the preseason mean absolutely squat. So why are we getting so worked up about it? I'm not 100% sure. Giannis himself, we just got the chance to speak to him. And by the way, he said, I look like a YouTuber. Um, I, I'm not sure what that means. I, I one of the Paul on- brothers? Well, maybe, yeah, maybe he means that we need to get Locked On Bucks on YouTube. Maybe he wants to come on Locked On Bucks. I'm not 100% sure, but we've spoke to Giannis enough over the last few years that you can, you know when he's thinking about something or something's on his mind. And when I started asking my question, he had this little smirk on his face. And so I knew that he was thinking something or he wanted to say something to me, but, you know, very respectfully uh, answered my question, which I'm about to play the audio from because I, th- I thought it was a very interesting answer that he gave and then said I look like a YouTuber. So there we go. That was the end of, that was the way the Zoom call wrapped up today. But he brought up this point himself that he said, we had to figure some things out last year. If you remember last year, he said they were three and three. I think they were two and two. I, I'm not sure they slipped to three and three. I might be wrong. But yeah. he's right. I mean, we were having these conversations. I remember I only just took over the podcast and we were saying, well, what's going on? Why are they losing? They lost to good teams in Boston and Miami early in the season. Uh, Dallas certainly are a very good team that have brought back largely the same uh, core as well. So, you know, I mean, this is, this is just something that, that's going to happen. You're going to lose some games. And like Yana said, it's going to take some time and it's not a big deal. Um, before I, I move on here or we continue to talk about the adjustments, because again, the reason why people are stressed out is particularly the defense, particularly Mike Budenholzer going and, and playing drop coverage basically uh, completely throughout this game as he did the other night, despite the fact he spoke about some adjustments. Again, I already said that he also said in the same quote that he's going to play the basics right off the start. He's going to get the base principles with this team and ensure that they know the the basics of what this Bucks team built the number one ranked defense about. So that's worth remembering. But I asked Giannis, what has he learned from the last two regular seasons in regards to you can try some different things in the regular season. Winning as many games as possible doesn't necessarily always mean that it's going to translate to the postseason. What has he learned from uh, the last two seasons? And this is what he had to say. Yeah, um, I'd be able to, you know, to do adjustments. Like, uh, and I'm not sure, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I think this season is going to be, we're going to play like teams back to back. And we're going to play the same teams, right? So, yeah. So we gotta be able to adjust. You know, there's gonna be one game that they are gonna come out and make them two We gotta be able to you know, adjust. And I think it's gonna be good. You know, I think um sometimes we struggle with that and um I think moving forward, like that's gonna help us. You know, if you play uh the same team two nights and you do the same thing, you won't get beat twice. You know, and uh but if you if you win the first night, you gotta do the same thing so you can win the second night. You no. Know? Uh, but I think we we've learned from our mistakes. Uh, we got we got to be we got to be hungry. You know, whenever we play a team, we got to be hungry. We got to be able to be the team that makes adjustments. You know, be the team that um, covers one another. Um, that's pretty much it. And for sure, we've learned it now. For sure, moving forward, we're gonna act um, so we can be we can be better. Thanks, like, like a YouTuber. No, thank you. <laughs> okay, so it was interesting that he straight away brought up the adjustment word because this is something that we've all brought up. It's something we spoke about during the postseason. It's something that we've spoke about at times 
during the regular season. So what's your sort of first up reaction when you hear Giannis talk like that? I, I mean, my first reaction is I get where he's going and I agree with that. Uh, I think it's going to be helpful and beneficial. Uh, ideally, it's going to be good for them because I think the point, and I guess correct me if I'm wrong, I think the point he's trying to make is our goal is to advance in the postseason. And what we just described is the playoffs where you're playing the same team on back-to-backs or two times in three days and you have to make adjustments. And, you know, a lot of us pointed to that was really the Achilles heel with this team was the adjustments that oftentimes it was, we're going to go with our best strategy. We're going to do our best. And if that's what beats us, so be it. And kind of ignoring the whole adjustments thing. So when Giannis says that, and we hear more and more comments like this start to build, it is very interesting to me that you're seeing more and more of this come out where the players are coming out now and saying, look, we can't just do everything the same way. We have to play differently. Well, I 100% agree. And that's why even with those comments with Bud last week, I was pretty optimistic about the fact that we are going to see different things when the regular season rolls on. Not necessarily in the preseason. I said that right from the start. I wasn't expecting that. But to also hear Yana speak like that, he hasn't done that before because previously he would say, well, we just do what coach tells us to do. I, we follow him. We trust him. That's the way he speaks. So the fact that he's bringing up the adjustment word as well, I think it's... I think it's really interesting and I think it's telling that they are actually talking about things that they have not in the past, which is why you could bang your head against the wall in previous times because you'd say, well, they're not even bringing it up. It doesn't even seem that they're aware or acknowledging it. Now, of course, that's simplifying everything and assuming that they're going to tell the media or everything that they want to hear. But the fact that they've been a little bit more open to publicly discussing this, I think should be cause for... Bucks fans to sit back and say, okay, well, I know it's difficult right now and these last two games haven't particularly been all that enjoyable, particularly on the defensive end, but they are saying things that they've never said before and I think that means something. Yeah, I mean, I think it was one thing to hear it from Bud where uh, I think when Bud brought up, you know, it was what the, the first time we heard from him during media week and he, he specifically referenced defensive versatility. I think a lot of people rolled their eyes and almost felt like they were being trolled of like, yeah, sure. We'll believe it when we see it. And then you heard a couple of people not bluntly mention it, but it's at least been referenced throughout the week and uh, after Saturday as well. And now, you know, to hear Giannis and the guy that let's be honest, has the most sway come out and say this. uh, If you're the one that in, in the camp, which I think at this point, all of us are that, we can't just have only plan A. We need a B and C and, and maybe even D. Uh, it's very encouraging to hear that. All right. Now I want to talk about a new sponsor we have because this episode is brought to you by 1010. Now, you may have read about this in New York Times or Forbes, and we're all, we are excited to tell you about it. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful commitment ring, launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. And when they're gone, they're gone. We all know that the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It's a timeless, timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people. And with 1010, it's been beautifully re-envisioned in the hands of 10 modern designers working exclusively 
with sustainably sourced diamonds. If you're making 2021 plans or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you're definitely going to want to check this out. Again, this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th and you can preview it exclusively at bluenile.com. That's B-L-U-E-N-I-L-E.com. Coming up this week, or for the rest of the week, on Locked On Bucks, we are finally going to get some more mailbag questions in. That's a promise. Listen to tomorrow's episode. We're going to get to those, and we're going to build up between the showdown. Drew, Drew Holiday returning to New Orleans and the Bucks facing Eric Bledsoe and the Pelicans. Uh, that game is coming up on Friday night, and that is the last game before the regular season starts. So we have not got long to wait here until things get serious. We'll be recapping and previewing all of that on Locked On Bucks for the rest of this week. Uh, Justin, I, I'm just curious how you've viewed these first two preseason games anyway. What are some of the positives that you've seen? Because clearly I thought today in the second quarter, offensively, the Bucks were really, really clicking. And, you know, I, I'm the type of guy when I watch preseason games that I don't need to see a four-quarter performance. I don't need to see a dominant display. But I need to at least be able to walk away from the game and, and take something and grab something and say, okay, that's exactly what you want to see for the regular season. And it, one of the things that I looked at at this game and was like, wow, this is, this is pretty nice to see, was the half-court execution, particularly in pick-and-roll situations on offense. DJ Augustine and Drew Holiday, I thought, showed a lot more tonight than they did in the first preseason outing. Yeah, um, you know, the Drew Holiday one was was kind of strange if we look at the first preseason game where it basically, it kind of felt like a practice where you didn't really notice him. I mean, I think the, the thing I noticed the most about Drew Holiday in the first game was just the defense. And I think Luka Doncic only had one field goal when Drew Holiday was on him. Uh, offensively, though, you know, you look up and you think, man, I don't really remember seeing Drew do much here, and he didn't. Now, tonight it was a different story. And you did see at times when when he basically had to be the shot creator when Giannis and Chris were both off the floor. I agree on the DJ Augustine thing. And, I, I mean, honestly, it, it tailed off in the second half of this game. Yeah. But the one thing that I guess if we point to the positives that stands out the most through these first two games, at least for a game and a half of these two, has been DJ Wilson. Yeah, it's a great point. It's a great point. I want to get to DJ in a second. Just one last thing on Drew Holiday, because as you pointed to, uh, I thought he was floated through the first game a little bit. And in the second game, he was more assertive. And I think that you got a sense for what he can do offensively. So he was five for 12 from the field all up, but he hit a three, but he also was able to execute in pick and roll with Giannis a little bit and get himself to the mid-range to score, scored with a nice little off-balance floater there. He also just went old school, Eric Bledsoe bully ball at one point and got himself an easy basket as well. So you got a sense for the offensive repertoire that he has. He can score on all three levels. He can finish at the basket. He can shoot from three. He's got a nice mid-range game and he uses his physicality and his body really, really well. He changes speeds, changes gears uh, pretty nicely. So it was good to see from Drew Holiday because again, we know what he's going to do defensively and it was interesting. We got a chance to speak to him after the game and he said on the defensive end that he thought this specific challenge against this Dallas team 
was actually the best possible way for him to figure out what he needs to do because he said that, you know, I'm trying to figure it out. He's like, I'm trying to figure out my teammates, where they're going to be. We're working out the communication. We've only practiced together four or five times. So actually coming up against the team that last year was the best offense in the entire league and at a historic level for most of the regular season against Luka Doncic, who comes in red hot and, you know, an MVP favorite. He said that that challenge and actually getting knocked down a few pegs is going to be really good for him because it's going to fast track his progression defensively and he'll be able to learn and figure out what he's going to do, which I I thought was a really interesting comment. And if you're looking at it from that perspective, these new guys figuring out where they can be exposed and where they can get beaten, uh, it was uh, kind of just a, a nice insight from Drew. But you mentioned DJ Wilson and I tweeted about him and as far as... I think preseason overreactions go. I think this was about as low key as I possibly could have said this, but I said, DJ Wilson looks really solid on both ends so far. And given the big man rotation, that would be very nice if it continued Uh, really solid. I don't think I'm going out on the limb here, but I think it's accurate. Now, again, this tailed off a little bit, but I don't know about you, but one thing that I think I've seen from him, particularly when it comes to off uh, to rebounding is that he seems to have, a level of aggression or physicality that we haven't always seen from him. If I was going to criticize him for something in the past, I would say that he's coming to the rotation. He's potentially floated in and out of games. He hasn't been assertive enough. He hasn't looked to use his athleticism as well as he probably should have. And that makes sense. He's a guy that has his chances have been sporadic. But there was a couple of times tonight where he just grabbed the rebound against two or three Dallas players and said, this is my ball. And he grabbed it and aggressively secured that ball off the glass. And and I think those are the types of things that are going to be able to uh, keep him in the rotation. Yeah, I think floated is, is really the best way to put it because, you know, uh, I remember talking about this with you at least last year and maybe even two years ago is, you know, a lot of times we would, we would lump in DJ and Sterling Brown and Dante together because of being young players and seeing their development. And the one thing that, that really stood out to me, the most about DJ versus those other two and Sterling and, and, and Dante was DJ just kind of seemingly lacked that aggression and assertiveness, especially offensively. Whereas Dante and Sterling weren't afraid to get their shots when they entered the game. We never really saw that from DJ and really on both ends of the floor. I agree that we've seen it defensively in these, you know, two preseason games from him. Um, and I go back to, you know, uh, Saturday's game specifically when you want to target the defense and everything that he did, there was two straight possessions where through switches, Luka Doncic driving and penetrating gets into the paint at the rim and DJ Wilson is there to stop him. And it wasn't a blocked shot, just stopping him before he could even get a shot up on back-to-back possessions. So we know about the versatility he has uh, there defensively. And, and let's be honest, that's going to be his biggest asset to me. And, and it especially felt like it stood out in the second half it seems like that tentativeness is still there offensively where Saturday he, he looked like he was much, much more willing to engage offensively. And overall he has been in these two preseason games, but it still feels like at times there's something missing there where he isn't sure if he's in the right spot or needs to do something else offensively. And he looks tentative at times. And, you know, as much as Bud loves offense, as we've all said, this is his opportunity. The one thing that is going to hold him back is we know Bobby Portis is not going to do that. And Bobby Portis is going to get shots and let it fly. 
And if DJ Wilson doesn't adopt that motto, and at least, you know, I'm not saying he needs to just go out there and be a chucker, but if we don't see a little more aggression, I fear that's going to be the thing that holds him back. And, and, and if that happens, I mean, not only his future with the Bucks, but his future in the NBA after this many start and stops, you wonder what it is. Well, he played 12 minutes tonight. Uh, only had the three points, which came on a, on a three-point shot, which, again, is nice to see when he knocks those down. He was one for two from three, one for three uh, overall. And he actually missed a pretty nice putback opportunity there that he probably should have finished on. On most occasions, he probably would as well. But in yeah, addition that was to his, the, his first field goal attempt, I think. That was early in the game. Yeah, and in, and in addition to that, in the 12 minutes, he had six rebounds. The thing that was very curious to me was the three assists. He, he put the ball yeah. on the floor a couple of times and made a couple of really, seriously for dj wilson eye opening passes you're like wow we haven't really seen a lot of that and that kind of i'm not expecting him to be a playmaker but i can't remember who said this and it was in one of the media availabilities and and maybe uh, you can remember maybe it was pat Connaughton. and it was someone that's been around for a while they were asked about dj wilson and he said you know I, I think one of the things with dj that he needs to be able to do is just take just simplify things on offense and if he takes the ball just shoot the catch and shoot shot because he goes we've seen him in practice and he likes to put the ball on the floor and sort of dribble through the legs a few times and step back and take a shot and sometimes I think that he just needs to relax slow down and take the easy opportunity and there was one possession tonight where he'd done all those really nice things and maybe he was feeling himself a little bit but he put the ball on the floor a couple of dribbles through the legs stepped back and and bricked a jump shot and I was kind of like it's just unnecessary it's just unnecessary yeah. for him to do that. Why didn't he just take the open jump shot? So again, just refining those little things. But at the same time, I find it hard to criticize him for that when he's showing and displaying the confidence that I think we all want him to produce more consistently. Yeah, and he spent a lot of time after Saturday's game talking about that too, of, of like, you know, almost shocked when people say, hey, you, you have to have a lot of confidence after a game like this. Like, no, I, I always yeah. have confidence in my shot. And, you know, also, let's be honest. I mean, any offense that DJ Wilson would give you, assuming we get some, you know, meaningful minutes from him, any offense he gives you is icing yeah. on top of the cake, that we're talking about his defense because you feel like it's going to be he and Bobby Portis that are maybe momentarily and see who takes it and runs with it, splitting a role where Bobby's out there for his offense. When you need defense, you're going to DJ Wilson there uh, probably more sporadically. And, you know, the other thing about the assists, at least two of them that I remember, and it might have been all three, he assisted three-pointers. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's going to be another huge thing where that happened so many times. I think it was three different times on Saturday's game where – it was the combination of he and Dante of, of DJ assisting him and, and vice versa on threes that, you know, we talked to, I spent a lot of time doing that in the bubble too and looking at, okay, Giannis as the facilitator and playmaker. It's one thing to open up those looks, but when they're leading at threes, I mean, that's the thing that's been killing this team on the other end. And we saw a lot of that at times from Giannis in the bubble. I mean, if DJ Wilson can do that, I don't care what the offense is. If he is facilitating and finding open guys to hit threes and then playing defense and rebounding. That's all I need from him. Yeah. Very cautiously, cautiously optimistic on DJ. We'll say. I mean, so, so you're saying you're ready to get hurt again when you talk about DJ Wilson. Well, it's funny. I, I had a couple of Bucks fans sort of tweet that sort of sentiment at me. And I said, I don't think I've ever been high enough on DJ to get hurt by yeah. uh, if he didn't play well. But look, the opportunities are going to be there at the start of the season for sure. Uh, old Resorto, a, a listener that, that always gives his feedback. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, after we spoke about 
DJ Wilson and Bobby Portis on the episode with Frank on the weekend after the first game. Uh, we were discussing, you know, the possibility that DJ Wilson gives you more defensively. Bobby Portis probably gives you more offensively. And Old Resorter pointed out that you, you're actually really going to need both. And I think that that's certainly an astute observation and a very accurate observation because with those four guys along with Brook and Giannis, you know, someone gets in foul trouble. I mean, it's just very, very easily going to be a situation where you're going to have to rely on those guys to play minutes. So if DJ continues to show that he's possibly ready for that challenge, then I think it's a good thing for the Bucks. But Justin, life can be stressful, even under normal circumstances, but particularly when you're awaiting a Giannis Supermax extension because 2020 has challenged even the most difficult times of life. You need stress relief that goes beyond quick fixes, and that's Headspace. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. If you need help falling asleep, Headspace has wind-down sessions for their their members swear by And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations you can do with your kids. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash locked on NBA. That's headspace.com slash locked on NBA for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash locked on NBA today. NBA fans, listen up. The Locked On NBA podcast is getting you ready for the start of the regular season with a special week of team preview podcasts all week. Plus, waiver wire additions from the Locked On Fantasy Basketball and rookies to watch from draft guru Trad Ford. I'll be tuning into the preview of the Milwaukee Bucks. That's for damn sure. Let's see if these guys know what they're talking about. Subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcasts. Let's wrap this up with some more Giannis talk, Justin. Uh, now, I had someone tweet at me. I don't have the guy's Twitter up here, uh, unfortunately. But very early in the game when Giannis was missing some free throws, he said, oh, Giannis missed his first two free throws. Thanks a lot for that, Kane Pittman. And I just want to make it clear that I can't actually affect or impact the free throw shooting of Giannis from here in Australia. I just want to make that clear. I can't actually do anything about it. And I don't think that I should be blamed if he misses a bunch, but he was one for seven tonight. But I don't want to talk about that. We spoke about that the other day. The one thing that I do want to talk about is his little mid-range game, his little turnaround game, because it's kind of fascinating to me watching Giannis shoot those turnaround mid-range jump shots because they look pretty damn good. And it's... It's kind of bizarre to me how good they look and how smooth they look and the whole shooting motion from the post-up situation to the turn to the sort of rock back. Sometimes he gets a leg up, sometimes it's straight up. The release, everything looks pretty good for a, for a seven-footer. Yeah, and, um, you know, it's, especially in the first half, it looked great. And it, it kind of tailed off in the second half. But I, it, does it not seem like he's releasing the ball a little higher in that turnaround this year than, than he did in, in you know, last year, I guess I'll speak to because just because it's top of mind, but it seems like the release point is a little higher and that's probably helping him out a little bit. But, you know, I, I mean, I think we both mentioned this and I know Frank has said this countless times, just give me that. And, 
if he can perfect that or a baby hook, anything shorter than the mid range, if he can perfect that and just work on the free throws, that's all I need. Like we fell in love with the three pointer and the idea of Giannis because of his ability to get to the basket. What if this guy develops a three point shot? Yeah. I mean, he would be pretty close to undefendable, right? But I would settle for the free throws and just a turnaround or a hook shot. I'm happy with that. And, you know, from the early going tonight, and I think we saw it once or twice on Saturday as well, the turnaround looks a lot better right now than it did, you know, last season and certainly in the bubble. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I've got some numbers I'm going to read out here. Just in regards to what you said, it tailed off in the game today. And I I think that's right. But the thing that I noticed with that little mid-range shot, it certainly looks a lot better when he's cleared out on the baseline and he's got room to offer operate and he doesn't have to rush. I think that there was one in particular when he was in the lane today and there was just too many bodies around and it felt like it was a little bit rushed and he sort of had to, even though it was such a short shot, it felt like he sort of heaved it up to the basket rather than had that fluid, smooth shooting motion. But here's some numbers from the last two seasons. So going back to the 2018-19 season, Giannis was 9 for 17 on turnaround fadeaway shots. Now, trust me, I get it. That's a small sample size. 9 for 17, 52%. Again, a little bit strange that he wouldn't shoot more of those if he was shooting over 50%. In the 2019-20 season, he was 24 for 44. So he's more than doubled the volume on the season, but kept the percentage above 50%. In the two playoffs combined on those two seasons, he's 0 for 6. So he's only got up 6 of those And I do wonder whether that has to do with the defense being ramped up and him not getting the space because we've seen so many quick doubles and immediately building the wall. Yeah, exactly. And I wonder whether that's the case. But those numbers tell you that while the volume hasn't necessarily been there, this is a shot that he's had success with in the last couple of seasons. And I'm curious to see whether we see more of it this year. I would hope so. Um, and, you know, it would lend to the versatility and the adjustments that uh, Giannis himself and we started the show talking about. And also, you know, the, the funny thing that stood out to me from today, too, is n- not to harp on the free throws. And it started 0 of 6 and finished 1 of 7. Immediately, literally, as soon as the game ended, I looked out on the floor and he was on the floor with Josh Oppenheimer yeah, working that, yeah. on free throws for about 20 minutes where, you know, you think back to last year and in normal circumstances where the game ends and you have your walk-off interviews and you have uh, everything that's going on on the court and pictures being taken and it takes a while to clear things out. And, you know, you've seen when you've done the post game with me, it'll be an hour or so after the game ends and all of a sudden we'll see a player coming back out to get up some shots or do something with an assistant coach. This was literally 30 seconds after the game ended. He and Josh Oppenheimer are back out there on the floor, and he was out there for probably about 20 minutes. Well, this is a good thing. He's a dad now. You know, he can't be, he can't, <laughs> he can't be affording to be at the arena until 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning working out or going to the practice facility. He's got to get home. He's got a kid to look after. So the more he can get out on the court and, and get that uh, extra work done, if that's what he wants to do, the better. Uh, the minute loads tonight's worth pointing out uh, that the Bucks did, did ramp it up a little bit. And, you know, I joked about this after the last game, but essentially regular season numbers for Chris Melton, he was at 29, which was his average last year. Giannis was at 27 and Drew Holiday up at 29 as well. And then there was a spread amongst all the other guys. Jordan Wara in particular, filling his boots a little bit, seven points in seven minutes. Looks like 
again, as we know, as advertised, a nice looking stroke from the outside. And Sam Merrill, always fun to see him shoot, even though uh, it was, you know, well and truly when the game was over. But the Bucks, 0-2, Justin. Uh, like we said right off the top, you're not going to hear me panicking just yet. But having said that, you would probably struggle to see me panicking until uh, at least February if things were looking really, really bad uh, during this season. Uh, the Pelicans on the weekend, that's going to be a fun one. Zion put up a, a huge line today. I think he had like 26 and 11. Uh, but uh, as I mentioned earlier, a little Drew Holiday, Eric Bledsoe reunion. This should be a bit of fun. Yeah, I know Bledsoe didn't play today. I don't. I don't know if he has played yet, but I know he wasn't with the team. Um, I mean, so hopefully we get to see both of those guys go against their former teams. Um, the one last thing I would point out too, and again, I guess you could lump this in with it's the preseason, so let's not take too much away from it. But I guess the one thing that has surprised me most, just because you come in with. Not quite sure what to expect, other than we have a lot of new faces. we got to work into the mix, and it's the preseason. It has somewhat surprised me to see the usage for Torrey Craig in that he has been the guy in both Mm. games basically lumped in with the entire second unit team and garbage time, and that's been the bulk of his minutes played. I mean, I think we would all agree that of all the new additions, especially in the backcourt, you know, taking Drew Holiday out of the mix, Torrey Craig's the guy that – you're probably going to have to use him in spurts, in, in, ideally in the postseason, that he's the guy defensively you would put out there on some matchups. So I'm a little surprised we haven't seen him playing as much with the regulars, and it's basically just been the second unit. But again, it is just the preseason, and you still do have 72 games to work him in the mix. But I guess I, I expected to see a little more tinkering, and let's see Torrey Craig with Giannis or some other guys through these first two games. Yeah, I wonder whether, and it's funny because I know it was reported or, or Bud certainly told us originally that it was a hamstring. I, I teased this last week and I can tell you the story is still Hamstring, coming. but he didn't know which one. Well, he told me it was a groin. Tory Craig, when I caught up with him, he said it was groin, not hamstring. So who knows what the hell's going on there. But I, I do wonder whether that's a reason why. And in fact, tonight it looked like maybe he wasn't going to play for a while. I saw yeah. someone joke about this on Twitter and I, I had to laugh. that Pat Connaughton was guarding Luka Doncic for extended periods and someone asked whether this was Bud punishing him for that contract that he was now just going to let Luka Doncic cook on him in in a preseason game but yeah very strange I mean geez if you're in a regular season game and Pat Connaughton's defending Luka and you've got Torrey Craig on the bench or on the floor with him even um yeah uh, probably time to ask some significant questions yeah, or Brent Forbes or you know right. DJ Augustine gets the uh, Luka Doncic treatment yeah and shout out, but while, we'll wrap this up right now, but shout out to Bryn Forbes, three for four from three. Uh, we know he's going to have his limitations, but if he's going to be out on the floor, it was nice to see that stroke. He didn't shoot too well in game one as well. And the Bucks overall up to 36% from three, which was nice to see after having a real stinker in the first game. But Justin, it's late. You've worked. You're one of the rare people in Milwaukee that has worked the game live from Fiserv Forum. So I, I appreciate you giving up your rare free time post game to come talk hoops with me. Anytime, and I also have to say um, shout out to Built Bar. And if they want to send me some Built Bars, I would gladly accept because as somebody asked, what are you doing for dinner at the game today? I did have that on Saturday, but I'm out of bars. So I had to settle for a knockoff protein bar. But, I mean, that's what it's come to, Kane, that there's no uh, exorbitant media spread anymore where we can't uh, have our choice of hot dogs or brats or anything. It's just bring your own bag lunch. 
I'll speak to the people at Built Bar, and I'm not coming back to Milwaukee until there's there's food on offer. That was <laughs> listen, people know I'm a struggling struggling Australian over there in Milwaukee. So the free the free meal that's that's why I was living for that time that kind of stuff. So uh, once I get that back, I'll be back in Milwaukee. Uh, we'll be recording another podcast tomorrow as we do Monday to Friday each and every week. Uh, like I said, it is an off day for the Bucks tomorrow. They're not practicing, so we won't have any uh, added info from any type of media availability, but we will be rolling through some of the questions. Still plenty to answer after two games of the preseason and getting very, very, very close now to the regular season. So for Justin and myself, we'll leave it there. We'll speak to you guys tomorrow.